better design your tertiary logo in an unconventional way because it's time for the Grade of Truth Swinburne Special. Please welcome your host, David Innes. Hello and welcome to the Grain of Truth Swinburne Special, the show that will be Australia's leading podcast in 2020. Your Grains of Truth today... The plans of the great aluminium thief were constantly foiled. (laughs) Car wheels that get used a lot are often tired. (laughs) The lackluster telemarketer was accused of phoning it in. Very nice. (laughs) (laughs) And if your indoor plant starts to vibrate... That's because you've left your fern on silent. <laughs> <laughs> to introduce our panelists for the episode, it's over to our resident scorekeepers, the Boffins! Thank you very much, David. From Charles Stewart University, Wagga Wagga Campus, representing heroes, it's Rob Lloyd! <laughs> From the Robinson Girls School, representing domestic science, it's Anna Rensenbrink! From Bazanod College, representing animation, it's Christian Bazzari! And finally, but not least, from the Victorian College of the Arts, representing Shakespeare, it's Jenny Lovell! The rules of Grain of Truth are simple. Points are awarded to the panellists for their responses to the ridiculously absurd questions, scenarios and topics that I give. Whoever has the most points wins the coveted Grain of Truth prize, which this week is George Brandis. Ooh. He slashed all our other prize funding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Touche. Uh, before, now, before we begin the quiz, here's a small challenge for everybody. Can you name the grain of truth that connects all four of our panellists' topics? So that's heroes, domestic science, animation, and Shakespeare. And we'll get to the answer at the end of the episode, but I will give you a clue. Fourth wall. That is your oh. clue. Fourth wall. But we'll start with round one, which is called Right Said Ted. Each panellist must deliver a 90-second Ted-style presentation relating to a theme. At 60 seconds, they'll hear this noise. And at the 90-second mark, they'll hear this noise, at which they must wrap up their talk. Whoever uses their special skills the most on the present on the theme will get the points. The theme of this Ted presentation is public relations and advertising. So we will start with... Sorry, I have um, I have mucked up some of my words. Rob Lloyd. Yes, Rob. His name's Rob Lloyd. Thank you. Thank you very much. We start with Rob Lloyd, representing heroes on public relations and advertising. Rob, your time begins... Is that those rings? Now... I have one hero when it comes to the, uh, the field of advertising, and that man's name was Julius Sumner Miller. He was an American physicist famous for his work on children's television and selling chocolate. Yes, he worked for the Disney Channel on numerous programs, including the Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, he appeared occasionally on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. You know, uh, Millie Vanilli has been mistaken as a Chicken McNugget. Um, now, his science-based educational show named after his catchphrase... Why is it so? Ran from 1963 to 1986 and was shown on ABC TV here in Australia. He was a visitor out here for many, many years, um, but he is best remembered, uh, at least to my generation and older, for selling Cadbury's chocolate while demonstrating simple scientific principles, such as how to get an egg in a bottle without breaking it, 
how to retrieve an ice cube from a glass of milk by just using a piece of string and sugar, and uh, between two paper boats, one powered by vinegar and one by cream, which one would move through the water? I think the best way to finish off my talk about the great Julius Sumner Miller is to quote the man himself. He once said, I'm Julius Sumner Miller, and physics is my business. He who is not stirred by the beauty of it is already dead, which is gorgeous. But he also said, when you think of chocolate, think of Capri, with a famous glass and a half. Class act. Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Lloyd! Uh, Rob, did you have a memorable ad from your childhood, either a local uh, television station or uh, from the main commercial network? Well, apart from all the Julius ones, I grew up uh, in country New South Wales, so we had a lot of local ads um, in, uh, in Dubbo and uh, Wagga Wagga, where I was raised. So we had ads like, your local bloke from CRT, and stuff like that. <laughs> um, and stuff about the local shopping centres and stuff like that. So they've stuck in my head. And a lot of ads about irrigation and, mm. um, and sheep dip. I, s- I used <laughs> to act out an dip. ad for Pebble Mix. <laughs> yes, what was the ad for Pebble Mix? Um, June, what have you done to the porch? Remember how it was, or dull and dreary? Well, then the Pebble Mix company came along. <laughs> and look at it now. What a great improvement. <laughs> <laughs> Christian, did you ever have a... a Ad, a favourite ad from childhood or uh, most memorable ad from childhood? Uh, the only one I really remember from childhood is the one that's still going all those years later for uh, Megalo Megalo, Grand Sale. Yes, he's still kicking. But I found out a lot about like classical music. I heard for the first time from like commercials or you know famous songs like Nobody Does It Better from by Twiggy. From uh, the Bond film, first no, time Carly I, Simon. Carly Simon. <laughs> Carly Simon. The first time I heard it was from Nobody Does It Better. L. J. Hooker, you're, you're the, the best. best. Thank you, Mr. So every Hooker. time I see a Bond film, I just want to buy property. Yeah. <laughs> Big gigantic property in the middle of the sea <laughs> that you can control. Sold by Hank Scorpio. <laughs> Rob, do you remember that that reflex paper commercial where the turkey, uh, the photocopier was a turkey? No. Yes, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Good, good. I don't feel so alone in this world anymore. <laughs> Fantastic. Well, to next speak on the topic of public relations and advertising is Anna Rensenbrink, representing domestic science. Anna, your time begins then. Thank you very much. I would like to start by um, introducing a, a positive spin on domestic chores, uh, first proposed by Mary Poppins, which is that in every job that must be done, there is an element of fun. You find the fun and snap. The job's a game. And what's more fun than know-it-all women writing into a magazine <laughs> to share their approach to domestic chores? And I have, um, from the Women's Weekly of 1986, three great solutions to a terrible problem, uh, which is when a cat leaves footprints on your car. Oh. Oh. And um, I have the, the responses here, which is um, to put mothballs in a plate in old pantyhose and attached between the front and back bumpers of the car. That'll keep the cats off your car. (laughs) Um, And the moths. Or put pepper all over the bonnet and the boot. That keeps the cats off the car. And the best one is um, to drape old sheets over your car, which is a bit of a nuisance when you arrive home late, but will definitely keep the cats off. And I just think that um, women's magazines have just provided such a forum for us to find a, a, a fun and game when it comes to domestic science and chores because you sometimes get paid $2 per hint 
<laughs> David, ladies and gentlemen, I'm Ritz and Brink. Is there a particular chore that you cannot stand doing? I mean, chores are terrible as they are, but Anna, is Porridge. There a... Saucepans. Porridge. <laughs> Starting on. To porridge the saucepan? Clean, clean cleaning skin? a saucepan that has had porridge cooked in it. Oh, mm. that is indeed. Right, right in with some tips, listeners. <laughs> give me two dollars. Well, I've, I've got a solution to that. Don't live with bears. Uh, <laughs> uh, what about you, Christian? Is there a, a, a chore that you cannot stand that you have to do? Oh, uh, yeah, there's uh, all of them. <laughs> all of them? Just yeah. one blobo chores? Yeah, or the bed, actually, just because yeah. it seems so pointless. It's, I mean, <laughs> that's, you always hit a point doing any chore where you think, well, what's the point? You know, I'm not, <laughs> not going to be on this planet forever and I'm just going to keep doing this till the day I die. But the, the bed, you have to face that like as soon as you get home at the end of the day. I, I, I don't really want to think about mortality so soon. <laughs> well, once, once you do shuffle off the mortal someone else has to make your bed and then sell it. So maybe that's a piece Yeah, of but mind. then maybe you have to make a cloud or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> my, favorite, my favorite thing is the realization you come to. Like, you, you go, oh, I don't want to wash the sheets. I don't want to wash the sheets. Yeah, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's like perfect like this. And then you finally wash them and you put the new sheets on. And then you realize, oh my God, there's nothing better than slipping into your bed with new sheets. Mm. And then the next morning you go, oh, I'm never going to change the <laughs> I'm just yeah. stuck in this constant loop that you can't break out of. Yeah, it usually hits the point where you get into bed and it sounds like gravel. That's the <laughs> point where you need to sort of wash your sheets. Oh, dear. Our next speaker is Christian Bazzari, representing Animation, to present on the theme of public relations and advertising. Uh, uh, Christian, your time starts now. Ladies and gentlemen, as you're all... Aware here at Acme Ad Agency, our client Takata has a bit of a crisis on their hands and we need to finalise our plan of attack. What was that? Yes, I can hear you, Scooby, but it's not your volume that's the problem. Would it kill you to enunciate more? I'll pass you all over to Pinocchio now to give us the current true recall figures. Five million. Okay, I guess we can work with... Ow, my eye! (laughs) So you meant more like 20... Ow! Third... Ow! 53 million! Christ! It's a good thing we have a new ad campaign going to print next month. Porky Pig, can you please read out some of the new taglines written? Actually, Porky, you know what? This would be quicker if I read them. (laughs) (coughs) Takata airbags. They'll Takata chunk of your face. Hmm, it does have some zing. Takata airbags. Can't live with them? Where's the rest of it? Well, this one just says, eh... Actually, I kind of like that one. It has sort of a dire lack of accountability to Carter seems to be angling for. Great job. Print it. SpongeBob, they can Patrick Starr. I believe you have lyrics for our radio ad jingle. I'm a goofy airbag, yeah. You're a goofy airbag, yeah. We're all goofy airbags, yeah. Goofy, goofy airbag, six dead. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Scratch all this. I think the best thing Takata can do now is not tell anyone for a long time until it gets really, really really bad. Thank you, gentlemen, as you were. <laughs> you mentioned there about jingles there and advertising uh, jingles are used a lot. Christian, is there a, uh, an advertising jingle that you remember that gets stuck in your head or one that was particularly inane or annoying? 
Oh, the LJ hooker that we mentioned before used to, but I think uh, victory, victory, curtains oh. and lines. One, three, one, three, double, double nine. nine. Uh, How about you, Jenny? Uh, oh, look, now that you've started singing that, I can't think of anything else. But I, I was thinking, I'm just now digressing because I can't answer that question. Um, the fact of, of course, um, the Roadrunner was completely based on advertising because everything was the Acme whatever company. Yeah. So that was the greatest, I think, animation um, <laughs> link to advertising uh, ever. People, I'm sure they're... Acme Company got many requests for <laughs> all sorts of bonds like and desserts. <laughs> oh, yes, I'll, many... I'll think. I'll sing an annoying jingle later. Well. Many a times, I ordered my Roadrunner crushing boulder from yeah. Acme <laughs> on the basis of those cartoons. That's, that's true. Our final speaker is Jenny Lovell, representing Shakespeare, to present on the theme of public relations and advertising. Jenny, your time begins now. Public relations and advertising is very important and needed in the theatre. Shakespeare was very aware of this. Advertising. That advertised that the plays were on by firing cannons every day to let people know, come across the river and see our show. And then, of course, to advertise good health, you also had lovely ladies selling you oranges to perk you up while you were in the theatre. But, of course, advertising, as we know, can go wrong. Due to the cannons firing, the Globe Theatre to burnt down twice. Um, orange sellers, yes, lovely fruit, but you could also end up with a venereal disease if you took on some of their other wares. And of course, public relations, you have to get the people into the theatre. So of course, you've got to appeal to the common masses. Therefore, before the shows, you have bear baiting, cock fighting, um, all of these things designed to get that people in. And then, of course, appeal to the money by having those lords and ladies sit actually on the stage so that they can be seen by everyone. And, of course, this brings us to the need for sponsorship. Sonnets for fair women, dark ladies and young men. Shakespeare was no fool. And also, he could brown nose along with the best of them. He created Macbeth to brown nose through his way to politics with King James's obsession with witchcraft. So now, perhaps the MTC could learn something. Introduce jelly wrestling or a wet t-shirt <laughs> competition before the show to get in a whole new audience and redo The Tempest with Tony Abbott at Prospero. As Prospero, ah, I wanted to finish. Can I finish my yes, answer? Oh, excellent. <laughs> I just see, I'm conditioned. Honker, stop. So, Tony Abbott, it's, picture this, Tony Abbott as Prospero creating the storm at the beginning of The Tempest, but this time the seas are driving the boats away from his precious <laughs> island. There we go. Ladies and gentlemen, Jenny Jenny's far too polite for this show. I am. Most time the honker isn't really the final word. It's more of a suggestion. Most of us just power through and keep going. I obey David in uh, everything. Oh, no, that's, that's where the honker does have power. <laughs> that, that it does. Pavlov's honker. Pavlov's honker. So, so as soon as the screen... Oh, look, at there's that dog over there. And there's another one salivating as well. Or is that just us salivating? Um, now, Jenny, you were mentioning there about marketing theatre. Mm. Uh, what have you had uh, any in, uh, come across any very interesting strategies to have to market particular uh, theatre shows? Because I imagine it's very difficult uh, to get people to come to shows. Um, it is. Um, I've, I think most of the times that uh, trying to market things, I've found myself in all sorts of really interesting costuming. Oh, yes. Um, going out and marketing. Um, uh, Miss Renzenbrink at the other end of the panel and I did a wonderful Having show. A flashback. In the parlour, <laughs> flashback. Uh, we uh, were playing two Austin ladies, so we decided to dress in costume and go down to the... Um, uh, 
floral the show. Flowering garden the flowering show. Flowering garden show, building. yes, and try and get people to come along standing there in 40-degree heat <laughs> uh, to come along and see the show. It was pretty funny. I've been dressed as a frill-neck lizard. <laughs> I've had, um, what have I had, fishnet stockings and a black corset on and trundled down the streets. But was um, that really for advertising, though? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, David. I no longer obey you in everything. Uh, so, yeah, so lots of uh, those kind of fun things where people go, what are you doing? Yeah. And so you come see my show. Uh, what about you, Rob? Have you ever had to do interesting things to market theatre or your own shows? Yes, I've sold my soul to get people in <laughs> many, many times. Uh, come see my new show, Rob Lloyd, The Heart Awakens, about my obsession with Star Wars. <laughs> oh, did you know there's a new Star Wars film coming out? So if you're a fan of Star Wars, come see my show. <laughs> That's me groaning in excitement, much like Jenny Lovell did before she started her Shakespeare that was speech. One audience member dying. <laughs> yes, but they come back more powerful than you could possibly imagine. Yes! Well, oh, you're so good. That's hilarious. Oh my god, you're amazing. Cut it. Cut it. Calm down. Calm down. Okay, guys, calm down. Um, I am annoyed with the fact that theatre has now become an event yeah. thing. So it's all, I think it was more, you know, the big musicals, especially in the 80s, like with um, uh, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber coming out with sort of like Phantom and all these big things where you go, oh my gosh, the chandelier moment, or Miss Saigon, it was, oh my God, it was the, how'd they get the helip- helicopter in there? So it's this moment now about how did they do things as opposed to actually listening to what they're saying, which theatre was always about, especially the revival of theatre back in the 50s and the 60s, especially in England, was all about real issues, real people, and what's going on in the real world that needs to be dealt with, and people flocked to go see it. Now we've lost you know, the, that, that live, intimate connection with what we are you, dealing you with every day. Well, I mean... <laughs> singing, singing the songs of And you're doing Les Miserables, which is the biggest <laughs> the event uh, piece of crap ever. The Arena Spectacular at Eddie Had Stadium. <laughs> <Yes>. The Arena <laughs> Spectacular oh, of Don't Look... Skates. Well, I'm see, looking... Rob, I just scale it down. So I, I give the folks the same thing, but I have the pinata-lowering moment. <laughs> and, and the folks love it. So. <laughs> Your duet with, as, as the Phantom and uh, Maria was fantastic. Oh, Maria? thank you. Yeah, a lot of good footwork in that. <laughs> <laughs> of course, in sixties, they were. It was all the um, nudity. So come and see hair. You'll see people naked. That's and, right. Oh, Calcutta. But we see so much of it now. It's like, uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except for that one musical where they're just sort of cutting off the skin. It's just this endoskeleton instead. That's a, a racy musical. That's there. the uh, Robbie Williams version. Uh, yeah. Rock DJ the musical. There we go. <laughs> Early noughties reference for you out there. <laughs> None of in fact, he's got born. a pinata too. That's where I got it from. So. <laughs> And well, that's the end of the round, so it's over to a score update from the Boffins. Boffins! Thank you very much, David. According to the Grain of Truth Business Tribunal, Christian Bazzari is in the lead by 53 million recalled units! Oh! That's a lot of units. That is. Uh, the ne- it's more yes, than, it is. It's more than five. Yeah, it is. <laughs> uh, yes, it is, Kent. Uh, <laughs> next round is... The next round is the analysis and application round. Our panel is divided into teams of two and must apply their skills to an application task. Uh, Rob and Anna, uh, when celebrities get involved in scandals where they have to do a spill-all interview with Oprah Winfrey uh, in order to sort of redeem themselves, uh, Rob, uh, you'll be playing Oprah uh, in in this particular role because we're going to have the spill-all interview, whilst Anna, uh, I'm going to have you play uh, Oscar the Grouch. So, Oscar the Grouch, this is going to be your spill-all interview with Oprah Winfrey. Uh, When you are ready, away you go. Welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here. And I think we need to make our special guest feel very welcome. It's Oscar the Grouch! 
and you get a trash can, and you get a trash can. Now, we joke and we jest, but Oscar, you've, you've come here for a very particular reason. Yes. You've been wanting to reveal something about yourself that you've kept deep inside you for the last 40 years, and uh, there's no better place to do that than in free-to-air television. My trash can is a lot bigger on the inside than the outside. <laughs> and I've been holding some people down there that <laughs> wanted to leave some time ago. And I just want to apologize for holding them against their will. Now these people, were they mishandled? Yes, no. yes. They were, I treated them like garbage. <laughs> they were rubbish. Where where did this come from, Oscar? Is it is it is it a childhood freaking trauma? Freaking cheerful people walking all the way up and down Sesame Street no, all the time. I had to shut them down. Oscar, 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 let's just strip let's strip back. Give us a can! Paper again the can! You've come here for a reason. You've come here to tell us the truth. Why are you so against cheerful? Why are you against happy? I I just my face doesn't work to smile. <laughs> Some people say that might be childhood trauma. Others say bad, uh, bad, bad Muppet making. It was beautiful. It was, I was really um, absorbed by that character. <laughs> I can see. Uh, and Jenny and Christian. Mm. Uh, yes. Yes. Can we leave now? Can we just Uh, give the round to the... No, you'll be fine. I I have entirely faith. Because I need you to be careers counsellors for me. And there'll be some uh, historical figures coming on in that I need you to give some careers counselling advice to. Mm -hmm. Uh, So the first one you need to give some uh, careers advice to is to Charlie Chaplin. Mm -hmm. Charlie, (laughs) I love your work, mate. But I think it's time you quit. Because I can't hear what you're saying. (laughs) It just... It makes no sense. Your mouth moves really fast in comparison to the rest of the film and... <laughs> I don't know, these title cards? Reading. It's on its way out. <laughs> but I was told by a Hollywood executive I shouldn't speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, uh, look, I think there's a place for you anyway in, 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 um... Well, I've got a friend, he's going to make a film about some mice. I think you'd be, be right in for it. Fantastic. Uh, the next one I need you to give um, uh, careers advice to is to Mother Teresa. Careers advice to Mother Teresa. Now, Mother Teresa. Yes. <laughs> First of all, I, uh, I, I applaud the fact that you are going to India, but you. a tea towel is not going to be needed as they don't have a lot of water there. Um, like perhaps it. instead of taking the tea towels, you could, you could wear one. <laughs> um, wear it, yes, wear it on your head. That looks on, oh, fabulous. And um, you've had your shots? You know um, you need to have your shots. Yeah, there I've are had a lot of diseases in yeah, India. Yes, I've had mm-hmm. some shots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and I would take uh, along several uh, cases, uh, perhaps small bite-sized treats oh, uh, yes. to eat as um, there's not a lot of food and you are you're already spare of frame oh, as we see yes i bring some lcms excellent <laughs> um, <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen christian and jenny <laughs> oh, 
Uh, and now it's back to the boffins with the scores. Boffins! Thank you very much, David. According to the Grain of Truth Women's Magazine, Rob Lloyd and Anna Renzenbrink are in the lead by a $2 tip. Yes! Oh. Oh. Um, I think that's excellent. That is, that, uh, absolutely. <laughs> Our next round is called Shouty Debate Program. Oh, I love Shouty Debate Program. Uh, there's uh, some bells for you there. I'll be assigning each player a perfectly innocent statement that I don't think is very controversial. How white privilege of me. And the object of the game is to take a radical uh, stance on the matter, much akin to ABC's very own shouting debate program that we can't mention for copyright reasons. We have been singing... uh... <laughs> advertising jingles <laughs> all show. Uh, that's true. Let's just say it's rather questionable and answerable <laughs> to a lot of folks. Late line? I see what you did there. Nose tap, nose tap. Others may ding in if they need to rebut the claims made. Whoever takes the most offence gets the points. Uh, so I'll start with Anna. Oh! <laughs> I should be starting that. How dare you, David? Uh, you always go for Anna first. She's always your favourite. You're favorite. always speaking, Rob, over women. Typical, always hitting the bell in this thing. <laughs> I'm just so sick of myself. <laughs> Shut up, me! Can we Fuck go? her off! I'm just wanting to stop this show. Pizza's already arrived and I want to start eating pizza, <laughs> Do we win? <laughs> okay, we'll start this Anna, you're, you're not going to okay? It's okay. You can be a positive response. It's okay. I need an adult. <laughs> well, it's neither of us. Um, <laughs> uh, neighbours, everybody get, needs good neighbours mm. with a little understanding. That mm. is your standard. Nobody needs neighbours. <laughs> Very good. I will move on. Uh, can't argue with that. No, can't no. argue with that. Unopposed. Uh, Rob, um, your, your non-controversial statement is, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I hear it likes the girls. I ain't afraid of no ghosts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, something needs to be done about these misogynistic uh, extraterrestrial uh, paranormal activity creatures that are happening in this society is bringing us down. Rob, I beg to differ. <laughs> I beg to differ. I think we have plenty of room here for more uh, terrestrials, extra or, or extra large. We can... Not to mention, not all ghosts. I like that, thank you very much. <laughs> Hashtag not all ghosts. Not all ghosts. That's right. Yeah, very good. Uh, well, uh, we'll go into the next statement here. Uh, which is Christian, your non-controversial, uh, non-controversial statement is, one fine day with a wolf and a purr, a baby was born and it caused a little stir. No blue bug and no three-eyed frog, just a feline, canine, little cat dog. Ah. What's your stance on that matter? Well, I mean, I think if we uh, let all the cat dogs in all at once, I mean, uh, what's going to be left for the rest of us, really? It's biologically impossible to breed a cat and a dog, so this whole thing is entirely nonsense. Have you tried with a gun? (laughs) I don't like violence at all, so I'll shoot you all in the face. What what about the dog cats? All we are saying is give dog cats a chance. And Um, why is it always that the cat has to undergo it from the dog? It should always be allowed to be the other way around. I think we should actually... We're not speaking for the dogs themselves. We're speaking for the dogs, so we have the dogs on behalf. We have a representative from Alsatians Union. What do you have to say? I think the words are right there. I think the point is saying... And what about the 
cat dogs have to work on the farms. Oh, yeah, well, you say that now, but when you have to answer the turret questions. Okay, okay, calm down. Who is dying the blue? Okay, calm, calm. Everyone shake that off. Shake you that off. You started this, Dave. You started this game. Fire, you fire. persist with it. You persist shake with it. it. Off. Uh, shake it off. Shake it off. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Finally, Jenny, yes. shall I compare thee to a summer's day? Thou art more lovely and more temperate. Yes, and rough winds do shake the darling buds of May. Um... Yes. I hated the Darling Buds of May. It was a horrible TV show. I preferred David it Jason. It was lovely. It was set in Kent and gave everybody a really good and warm feeling of vegetation. And I've never seen it, but I disagree. And what's more, what's more, I need to state that basically this has come to... You're being far too loud, okay? This is, we're talking about the Darling... Catherine Zeta-Jones got her start with the Darling Buds of May. So just to pipe down, everybody, she's lovely. I much prefer David Jason as Danger Mouse. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the panel! <laughs> and at the end of that round, the end of that round, it's over to the Boffins for a score update. Boffins! <laughs> Thank you very much, David. Uh, according to the Grain of Truth lab report, um, the audience is in the lead yeah. by a well-presented uh, t- results table. And now it's time to reveal the answer to our Grain of Truth Connection Challenge. Firstly, did anyone get the connection between your topics? That's heroes, domestic science, animation, and Shakespeare. I can can connect three of the four um, with the mere name uh, to your ears of Titus Andronicus, uh, written by William Shakespeare, Titus Andronicus, hero of Rome that then gets uh, put upon by very uh, amazing people, but of course comes up with the greatest domestic science Mm. answer to revenge by baking his um, problematic enemies into a pie and making the mother eat them. That's what I was going to say. I was just going to say Mel Gibson. (laughs) For any reason or just like the name? Well, let the audience do the work here. Cheetah. Tony Newley. Sure, well, let's let's just go. Tony Newley? Anthony Newley? Well, how does he connect with all those? I just wanted to say his name. Oh, well, look, that's fair. Well, the thing that I had uh, was the answer was asides. So it's a narrative mechanism where a character uses asides to talk to the audience. What's the common usage in Shakespeare's writing? For instance, Macbeth, time thou anticipatest my dread exploits. This would be a common Warner Brothers tool for animated characters such as Tweety Pie, Artora, Tora, Putty Tat. Uh, heroes frequently made up sides on the action as a form of smug commentary or even more blatant like Frankie Howard and Up Pompeii, Denny Crane in Boston Legal, Zach Morris and Saved by the Bell. Is that, is that even a reference now? I, I don't know. I get it. Oh, good. That's, that's one of us. And of course, with domestic sides, uh, so domestic science, asides go with main meals. <laughs> so, uh, and I knew you were going to do He's that. always so right. <laughs> <laughs> And now it's over to the Boffins to determine who has won George Brandis. Thank you very much, David. The winner of George Brandis this evening is Jenny Love. Oh, 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 excellent. Oh, George. What are you going to do with your George Brandis? Oh, let him weather and ferment a little. <laughs> and, and supple on his juices. Well, that's the end of the program, and I hope you enjoyed it. You can come and see the recording of the first Saturday of the month at the Wesley Ann. Our website is www.grainoftruth.com.au. You can follow us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash grainoftruthshow. And on Twitter, at grainoftruths. And now leaves me to thank our panel, Rob Lloyd, and our Redsonbury Christian Fasari, Jenny Lovell, our popper of the week, John Franklin, our composer, Matthew Hadgraf, arranged by the, uh, Michael Bell of Orange Students. Oh,
Giving away items production.